Welcome to Bite at a Time Books Behind the Story, where we answer the questions you have about your favorite classic authors. What inspired your favorite author to write their novels? What was going on in the world at the time? Follow along with us as we tell you what was happening in the world while your favorite authors wrote your favorite classics. My name is Bree Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes, but also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show and YouTube, where we have special behind the narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear a book by the author, check out the Bite at a Time Books podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we'll be learning about The Final Years in the Pacific with Robert Louis Stevenson. Pacific Voyages In June 1888, Stevenson chartered the yacht Casco and set sail with his family from San Francisco. The vessel plowed her path of snow across the empty deep, far from all track of commerce, far from any hand of help. The sea air and thrill of adventure for a time restored his health, and for nearly three years he wandered the eastern and central Pacific, stopping for extended stays at the Hawaiian Islands, where he became a good friend of King Kalakua. He befriended the king's niece, Princess Victoria Kenilauni, who also had Scottish heritage. He spent time at the Gilbert Islands, Tahiti, New Zealand, and the Samoan Islands. During this period, he completed The Master of Ballantrae, composed two ballads based on the legends of the islanders, and wrote The Bottle Imp. He preserved the experience of these years in his various letters, and in his In the South Seas, which was published posthumously. He made a voyage in 1889 with Lloyd on the trading schooner Equator, visiting Butaratari, Makiri, Apenang, and Abamama in the Gilbert Islands. They spent several months on Abamama with tyrant chief Tim Binoka, whom Stevenson described in the South Seas. Stevenson left Sydney, Australia on the Janet Nicole in April 1890 for his third and final voyage among the South Seas Islands. He intended to produce another book of travel writing to follow his earlier book in the South Seas, but it was his wife who eventually published her journal of their third voyage. Fanny misnames the ship in her accounts the cruise of the Janet Nickel. A fellow passenger was Jack Buckland, whose stories of life as an island trader became the inspiration for the character of Tommy Haddon in The Wrecker, 1892, which Stevenson and Lloyd Osborne wrote together. Buckland visited the Stevensons at Valima in 1894. Political Engagement in Samoa In December 1889, 39-year-old Stevenson and his extended family arrived at the port of Apia in the Samoan Islands, and there he and Fanny decided to settle. In January 1890, they purchased 314-plus quarter acres at Valima, some miles inland from Apia, the capital, on which they built the island's first two-story house. Fanny's sister Nellie Vandegrift Sanchez wrote that it was in Samoa that the word home first began to have a real meaning for these gypsy wanderers. In May 1891, they were joined by Stevenson's mother, Margaret. While his wife set about managing and working the estate, 40-year-old Stevenson took the native name Tasatala, Samoan for teller of tales, 
and began collecting local stories. Often he would exchange these for his own tales. The first work of literature in Samoan was his translation of The Bottle Imp, 1891, which presents a Pacific-wide community as the setting for a moral fable. Immersing himself in the island's culture occasioned a political awakening. It placed Stevenson at an angle to the rival great powers Britain, Germany, and the United States, whose warships were common sights in Samoan harbors. He understood that, as in the Scottish Highlands, comparisons with his homeland came readily. An indigenous clan society was unprepared for the arrival of foreigners, who played upon its existing rivalries and divisions. As the external pressures upon Samoan society grew, tensions soon descended into several inter-clan wars. No longer content to be a romancer, Stevenson became a reporter and an agitator, firing off letters to the Times which rehearsed with an ironic twist that surely owed something to his Edinburgh legal training, a tale of European and American misconduct. His concern for the Polynesians is also found in the South Sea Letters, published in magazines in 1891, and then in book form as in the South Seas in 1896. In an effort he feared might result in his own deportation, Stevenson helped secure the recall of two European officials. A footnote to history, Eight Years of Trouble in Samoa, 1892, was a detailed chronicle of the intersection of rivalries between the great powers and the First Samoan Civil War. As much as he said he disdained politics, I used to think meanly of the plumber, he wrote to his friend Sidney Colvin, but how he shines beside the politician. Stevenson felt himself obliged to take sides. He openly allied himself with Chief Matafa, whose rival Melitoa was backed by the Germans, whose firms were beginning to monopolize copra and cocoa bean processing. Stevenson was alarmed above all by what he perceived as the Samoans' economic innocence, their failure to secure their claim to proprietorship of the land, in a Lockean sense, through improving management and labor. In 1894, just months before his death, he addressed the island chiefs. There is but one way to defend Samoa. Hear it before it is too late. It is to make roads and gardens and care for your trees and sell their produce wisely. And in one word, to occupy and use your country. If you do not occupy and use your country, others will. It will not continue to be yours or your children's if you occupy it for nothing. You and your children will, in that case, be cast out into utter darkness. He had seen these judgments of God not only in Hawaii where abandoned native churches stood like tombstones, over a grave in the midst of the white men's sugar fields, but also in Ireland and in the mountains of my own country, Scotland. These were a fine people in the past, brave, gay, faithful, and very much like Samoans, except in one particular that they were much wiser and better at that business of fighting of which you think so much. But the time came to them as it now comes to you, and it did not find them ready. Five years after Stevenson's death, the Samoan Islands were partitioned between Germany and the United States. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books behind the story today. While we answered some of the questions you have about one of your favorite classic authors— Again, my name is Brie Carlisle, and I hope you come back next time when we answer more questions about one of your favorite classic authors. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the links for our show.